You're listening to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen LaBianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. So we're firmly in the grips of Mercury retrograde season. That shit is real. <laughs> it is so real. Anyone who's like, I don't believe in astrology is like, come on. Mercury yeah. retrograde is real. <laughs> My partner bought me this candle that says you're supposed to, like, the label says light during Mercury retrograde. So I've been lighting that a lot, but I don't think it's making a difference. This one oh, no. sucks really bad. So this past weekend, um, both Friday and Saturday, I spent all day waiting for a man, uh, two different men, these, like, repair guys who were supposed to come first thing in the morning. And because of a miscommunication, came like mid-afternoon or evening (laughs) so I spent all day like two days in a row waiting for two different men which is the worst way to spend a day I think you will agree absolute worst way to spend a day (laughs) (laughs) but it was all like miscommunication like this plumber was supposed to come and we'd made the appointment and it had been confirmed but then the office lost the ticket and sent him to the south side on a different job oh my god no yeah just wild (laughs) wild (sighs) <sighs> damn you mercury retrograde how's it been for you well interestingly i also had a uh, repairman issue um not last week but the week before we had ha- had a guy who was supposed to come to also do a bathroom repair and the first day he was supposed to come he canceled like with a couple hours of notice then he rescheduled for later in the week and then like the minute he was supposed to arrive he canceled again <laughs> <laughs> and so then we got a different person to agree to come and uh we wound up sort of waiting for several hours that day he was he was quite a bit late so um it's interesting that we both kind of had that experience and then because we know that mercury retrograde wreaks havoc on communication and technology there was something weird that happened with one of my clients websites and i was like i'm gonna go fix that and then i accidentally deleted the whole thing Oh no! It was That's gone terrible. forever because it was like it was like, it was not really a very interesting explanation as for why it happened. But moral of the story is don't make changes to WordPress during Mercury retrograde. Everybody, good to know. Yes. Yeah, that one's legit. With the men, I'm kind of like, is it Mercury retrograde, or do men need to get their shit together? Well, <laughs> <laughs> why not both? Why not both? I mean, yeah, it's probably both. To be honest, yeah, I but think yeah, so. It's. It's hard out there. We we have another, what, two weeks left in it? Yeah, and we're recording a couple episodes during this time. And during the last Mercury Retrograde, we had an episode that we tried to record like four or five times. And <laughs> our recording software kept crashing. We finally gave up. And you sent an angry email to... <laughs> We got like a $17 refund for the inconvenience or something. We did. It was like $17.50 or something ridiculously specific. So whatever. (laughs) So I feel like I need to knock on wood now or like, I don't know. Yeah, knock on wood. There's some Palo Santo around here to cleanse the space of the bad energy. Um, But it's going well so far. So let's just (laughs) just keep going. Yes. Power through. Power through. (laughs) Woo. So today we are going to talk about the new movie Cruella, um, which I went to see in an actual cinema. Did you go to see it in a cinema or did you watch it at home? I watched it at home. I did not realize it would cost me $30 to do so, but it did. But I was firmly committed to not leaving the house. So that was fine. Um, How was your experience at the cinema, though? It was fine. Um, We 
like my partner and my friend that went with me, we wore masks the whole time, but most other people were not. But it was one of those theaters where they have the big recliner seats, so you're pretty far from people. Um, it was just exciting to be back there. Like we were running a little late to the movie. And so we missed a couple of the previews and came in and I, I was like in a rush. And then I sat down and I was like, oh my God, this is like a big moment. I'm back at the cinema because <laughs> we used to do this all the time. And yeah. I've been amazed by that and a lot of other things I've started doing since um, getting vaccinated and things opening up that it it does just feel so normal. Like we never stopped. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it is weird. Um I've I've missed going to the movies so much. Um, yeah, and we went to we went to one movie. Um, I told you, I think last time we talked about the private showing debacle. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> the private showing that wasn't private. But yeah, it's just like I've missed the whole experience of like, you know, you go and like you watch the previews, and you it's like it's one thing if you like look up a preview online, you're like, oh, I want to watch this, and you click on it and you watch it. But like in a movie theater, you you're just sitting there and like it shows you the previews that it's going to show you and it's, there's just something very like fun about that because it's like you you hear about things that you might not have otherwise heard about if you're just you know doing your own internet thing so you know yeah. seeing previews for movies that you may not have been aware of um it just washes over you and you're it like does. wow this is the whole experience i did miss yes. it a lot yeah so what did you think of this movie so, so, <laughs> so many things. There's a lot. I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Um, so, like a couple weeks ago, there were some spoilers that popped up on the internet about uh, the like the ridiculous starting point of the story of like. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's been spoiled enough on the internet that we can just talk about. We are yeah. going to spoil the movie, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's it's hard to talk about a movie without spoiling it, honestly. Like, but yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so basically, you know, 10 minutes into this movie or something, we we think we're getting a hint of why does Cruella DeVille hate Dalmatians so much? And it's because mm -hmm. some savage Dalmatian guard dogs pushed her mom off a cliff and she died. It's <laughs> trained like, assassins. <laughs> trained assassin Dalmatians. And they're, they're like snarling and they're terrifying. And it's like so it's like so stupid. That, it's so stupid. <laughs> like they could have just not even had that in the movie. Like they didn't even add anything. It's not even really a plot point. Really? No, it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I I thought the movie got a lot better after that, but I yes. had heard about that before I went in, and then when it happened, I was like, "This is even dumber than I was imagining." Like this is yes. so like the Dalmatians like leap over her. She's hiding in this hedge while her <laughs> mother is confronting someone, and then the dalmatians like leap over her so we see the dalmatian from below as it lunges <laughs> <laughs> and, and then somehow the dalmatian knocks into her mom hard enough to knock her off a cliff but the dalmatian doesn't go off the cliff because like no dogs can die in this movie right only people only people yeah it's yeah it's extremely stupid and it's definitely like a low point very yes. early low uh, it does it does recover um fairly well from that point i would say but that's just like like why did why did they do that? I mean, it's like they they wanted to go out of their way in the very beginning of the movie to be like, she's not just mean. <laughs> she has a good reason. <laughs> she has a good These reason. Dalmatians personally hurt her on <laughs> yes. purpose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like there were six writers credited on this movie and I want to know which one of them did this. I want to know who's <laughs> right. responsible. <laughs> right. Like, like who, who was it? Who was it? Who did this? 
it's one of the yeah. men probably um <laughs> no no doubt <laughs> no doubt so that's we get her sympathetic backstory like she doesn't fit in in school and she has was born with the weird two-toned hair the like black on one side and white on the other side yeah hair. that was not a fashion statement that was like how she was born so kids make fun of her and she is like always getting in trouble at school and finally gets expelled and some of that stuff with her as a kid it's like they're trying to set her up as she's this rebellious she's an iconoclast and she's not like everyone else but it came across very like not like other girls like yes unruly and so we should sympathize with her I guess like it just felt very basic (laughs) very basic (laughs) yeah it was like it was like someone googled like feminism (laughs) (laughs) feminism question mark (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then they like immediately wrote the scene after just looking at like the first page of google results yeah (laughs) that's right so but then she grows up and she's running um various cons like stealing from people with these two guys that she meets when she's a little kid they have their own little little gang of urchins and they're running around London doing crimes with their um, dog sidekicks because she doesn't hate dogs only Dalmatians Dalmatians are the ones who hurt her (laughs) yes other dogs good and I really enjoyed uh the the dog wink in this movie one of the one of her 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 buddies has this tiny dog with an eye patch who's very good at picking pockets the dog is (laughs) the dog was amazing basically he's a good boy he's a very good boy (laughs) <laughs> yeah chihuahua with eye patch is like one of the highest selling points of, of the yes studio, a leather say. eye patch even like it was of course it's amazing <laughs> so yeah she's like running these like little small time cons and then her big break comes when it's her birthday and one of her buddies has gotten her as a gift uh, he, he has managed to secure a job at a fancy department store that she's always obsessed with every time she sees the store she her eyes just light up because she's very into fashion this is a fashion person so Mm -hmm. he's gotten her this job as a cleaning person at the department store but then they mistreat her there they're like they won't listen to any of her ideas about the fashion so she feels very oppressed right like on on her first day she's like i have ideas about fashion and they're like you should do the cleaning stuff and she's like this is so unfair it's very unclear how much time exactly elapses there um whether it's like does she were has she toiled there for weeks or months or years or days i don't know i'm not sure unclear unclear yeah but then you know after some amount of time of doing this she uh is forced to clean her boss's office she uncovers some liquor uh she gets drunk and decides to redecorate a window display Mm -hmm. um in a very loud and punk fashion she sort of like yeah writing punk on the rock walls. yes <laughs> punk rock she yeah so she like they have these very you know stolid boring window displays proper british looking displays and she just sort of like goes crazy with it um but because she is drinking she winds up passing out and falling asleep in the window so she's gonna get fired and she's about to get arrested but then um the baroness who's the like like an actual baroness, I think, but also this famous fashion designer who sells a lot of stuff at the store, played by Emma Thompson, the fucking queen, yes. shows up and sees the window display and loves it and hires Cruella. Oh, we should say her name isn't actually Cruella. It's Estella, right? But her mother, <laughs> when she's a little kid and she acts mean, her mother calls that like version of her personality Cruella. And she's like, don't be like Cruella, be Estella. 
<laughs> yeah. Just, just to get that out of the way. Right. So Estella <laughs> gets this job with the fashion designer. And this for me is when the movie started uh, getting good because Emma Thompson yeah. Emma fucking Thompson. Yes. What do we say about her? I mean, she's incredible in this. She's like Miranda Priestly, but like more out there, like a camp version of Miranda Priestly. It's yes. incredible. Yes. Yes. She's so good. She's so like ice cold and stony and mean. And I love every single thing about it. She doesn't have a name as far as I know. She's just the Baroness. The Baroness. The Baroness. Yes. She wears all these incredible clothes that look like armor. Or some of them look like snake skin or something. I wanted all of her costumes. She has yes. these cat eye glasses with a metal um, band across the top that I also like desperately desire. In fact, yes. Googled to try and find out if this <laughs> was something I could buy. But of course, it was custom for the movie. <laughs> um but I, her first big scene after she hires the main character, Estella, is on Estella's first day of work. She shows up to the, the fashion house and the Baroness stands on this balcony and she has a, a newspaper and reads this glowing review of her last collection. And it's very like, everyone be silent while I praise myself. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, exactly this energy. Love yes. it. Yes, love the energy because she does it so she like puts her glasses on and like stands holding the newspaper in this very grand fashion and it's just like yes i am a genius just so you all know (laughs) yes love it love it so all the stuff with those two characters sort of facing off because of course it becomes a rivalry between them is really fabulous i don't know we can talk about the feminist implications of it which (laughs) maybe not so great we'll get into that but like just the those two actresses together in a scene, perfect. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, amazing. Yes, yes, they have they have the perfect energy together. Absolutely love, and the all of the the fashion in this movie is just so good. It's all very like nineteen um, seventies West End London, Vivian Westwood. Like it's just it's gorgeous and like a little gritty and hard-edged and very cool like stylistically they did such a good job of like setting a mood with the the fashion the movie just looks so cool yeah it's visually stunning like if you just look at it and don't think about um the plot or like logical consistencies or feminism don't don't think about feminism I and mean, we're going to talk about feminism but if you go see this like probably just don't right <laughs> just turn that part of your brain off it's fine <laughs> Yeah, so at first, uh, Estella just wants to make a name for herself and impress the Baroness with her Mm -hmm. amazing designs. And it's, like, kind of working. But then... Plot twist. Plot twist. (laughs) She she discovers that... uh, I guess we should have mentioned in the beginning this whole thing about the necklace, but the night of the Dalmatian savagery where her mother (laughs) fell off the cliff. The vicious uh, Dalmatian attack. Yes. Um... (laughs) Estella was carrying this necklace that her mother had just given her and said that it was a family heirloom. Uh, and in the, the melee of the, the savage Dalmatian attack, she dropped it and she never saw it again. But then flash forward to her working for the Baroness and she sees the Baroness take this beautiful necklace out of her safe of jewelry and put it on. So now Estella is like, hmm. This lady was there that night. What's mm-hmm. the connection? Yes. And then she figures out, we're just going to spoil this whole movie. I'm sorry, just, everyone. Yeah, let's just go, go for it. <laughs> so th- we find out that the Baroness 
killed her mother by summoning the Dalmatians with a dog whistle. So she couldn't hear it because only the dogs could hear it. <laughs> she summoned them. She has they are her trained assassin Dalmatians. <laughs> and she killed Estella's mother in cold blood. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> again, who who was responsible of the six writers? I feel like I mean, honestly, Not all of them did this. Sometimes, sometimes you you watch something like this, and it's like, were they were these writers playing exquisite corpse when they wrote the script? <laughs> like one person writes for a while, and then they cover up everything except the last line, and they just pass it on, and they just have to go from there. Like I don't know, maybe killer Dalmatians. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> um. So then instead of trying to please the Baroness and get into her good graces, now Estella wants to destroy her. She wants to get revenge. So she adopts Cruella as her alter ego and um, starts basically pulling off all these fabulous like fashion art crimes. Yes. That part of the movie is great. She's yes. doing all these pranks, like showing up at the Baroness's events and um, causing a scene. So everyone's only talking about her and her designs and... Uh, yeah that all was pretty pretty fun that's the best part of the movie for sure yeah she's in the middle yeah she's sort of like she's sort of like a fashion design banksy like yeah (laughs) and it's like um you know she's showing up and dumping a bunch of trash out of a a trash truck and then it turns out the trash is her dress it's it's all just it's all very over the top it's got debbie harry one way or another playing like mm-hmm. it's it's all it's very very fun oh the soundtrack is fabulous yeah, too it's it is. like hits after hits like it just it's really catchy and um i think they must have spent a huge portion of oh my god just on yes music rights if, for sure yeah. yeah so yeah it's got that whole like punk rock vibe in a disney way i mean you know <laughs> yeah disney-fied <laughs> punk rock <laughs> yeah that whole whole part is really fun. And then she, still working for the Baroness, sabotages the Baroness's big show by sewing this dress that has all these, they look like beads on it, um, but they're actually these, like, chrysalises full of moths. So, like, they put the everything in storage, and then the day of the show, they open up the vault, and all these moths fly out, and all the dresses are ruined. And mm-hmm. so there's some really cool stuff like that where they're, she's playing pranks on the Baroness and trying to get revenge yeah i loved that scene with the the moth the moth dress and the moths are just flying out in emma thompson's face like she just like everyone else is like oh what's going on and she just knows yeah her face is just like oh no (laughs) she knows exactly what has happened uh it's pretty fabulous Mm mm-hmm they have some really great scenes together, too, where Estella is still like pretending to work for her and be on her side. And the Baroness gives her this whole speech about like everyone else is an obstacle. Like you have to just be out for yourself completely. Um, oh, she has that great line, too, about like if you have to talk about power, you don't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's just she's this incredible, unlikable female character over the top villain, just like out for herself yeah i want to watch a movie about her honestly like yeah yeah i would totally watch a movie about her but it's interesting because i was thinking about this in in comparison to maleficent which is like the Mm. other big recent one where they're trying to reform one of these classic disney villains and in maleficent it's basically like well she actually wasn't evil at all and the king like ripped her wings off which is very much framed as a sexual assault yes that they filmed that so it's 
this man is is a villain and it's very sexualized like what he did to her and so this movie it's like cruella still like does some some bad things but they've created this even worse woman yes <laughs> to set her against and i'm yes. like is this better i don't know i mean i'm enjoying it more right <laughs> is it better for feminism not sure yeah i don't i don't think so i mean like in like i want there to be space for stories of you know women who are all kinds of terrible like those are the most interesting stories there are Mm -hmm. and so in that way i'm like yes but it's also like i think this is the only like the movie's take on what it means to be a a strong woman is like you know this everyone is an obstacle like that's the extent of yeah the point of view yeah she's certainly not trying to like there's no like sisterhood in no (laughs) (laughs) in this like she she's sort of the baroness is mentoring estella in in her way but she's really cruel to her and just treats everyone terribly and it's all about about her and she has all these people designing her clothes for her and then is taking credit for them as well like she runs the fashion house but which i know is how it works at a lot of these big fashion houses it's not like one person sitting designing everything (laughs) yeah but um yeah uh it certainly is more interesting than just like a bad man did something that made this woman do evil things. Like I would much rather see two evil women face off or yes. like one pretty super evil and one who's kind of becoming more evil as, as time goes on. And I also thought it was interesting that they made the only person in the movie who has much of a conscience is one of Estella's thief friends, uh, Jasper, mm-hmm. which <laughs> it's so funny because in the original, they're both these like old gross guys and then they, they made them younger and they made Jasper hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I love that actor actually, Joel Fry. He was on Game of Thrones and I've had mm-hmm. a big crush on him since then. So I was happy to see him, but um, I was like, wow. Okay. So yeah, they made him hot. <laughs> and then he's the one who is I mean, he's still a criminal, but he's questioning a lot of the things that she's doing as she's taking on this persona of Cruella. He's like, are you sure you really want to go this far and kind of just acting as her conscience? And then she keeps pushing him further and further away. Yeah, you get the sense that he he misses Estella. He's not sure that he is on board with Cruella as the the main personality. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting to have a male character be sort of the conscience and the one who's more mm-hmm. like emotional and um, just, I don't know, keyed into that that side of things. But uh, yeah, they never made out, though. I'm like, why would you make him hot if they're not going to make out? Like, that's... <laughs> so pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so many confusing choices. I know. <laughs> so many confusing choices. Um, but yeah, so she steals the Baroness's attack Dalmatians at one point <laughs> and um, puts on this like punk rock concert slash fashion show to distract from the Baroness's show. And is in that scene, she's wearing a coat that looks like it's made of Dalmatian fur, but it's really just paint. And so then in the, the newspapers, they're all like, Cruella, she like made a coat out of Dalmatians, but it's all just a rumor. It's not it's not real because she and she would never do that in this version she can't be right. actually mean to dogs <laughs> i rewatched the original after seeing this and i was like wow this bitch's personality is really just like i want to make a coat out of puppies <laughs> like that's it that's all there is there's nothing yeah. else <laughs> i so i rewatched it um several months ago shortly after i got disney plus because like i always remembered in my head that i liked this movie and so mm-hmm. i was like oh i'll watch that and it's like this is actually not a great movie 
No, like, it's not. There's not a lot. There's it, no. I mean, yeah, animated dogs and the puppies are cute, but like, yeah, the personality of Cruella is just like evil, hates dogs, smokes a lot. Like, uh huh. Nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's really nothing to it. I mean, Nate and I were watching it, and we just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, "This is a fucked up movie." Like, yeah, we watched this as kids. Like, what? Right. This is messed up. <laughs> It's yeah, like really chilling when she's all those puppies and she's gonna they're talking about how they're gonna like smash their heads in so they can take their fur and I'm just like oh yeah my God. <laughs> yeah like a lot of movies that you watch as a kid like when you revisit them as an adult it's like mm, really yeah like I'm still shook about the never ending story my god <laughs> I didn't watch that as a kid Ugh, um that's I think for I the thought best, maybe probably. as a teenager and I was like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, and so in the original, there's, like, there's not much to the character. So I guess they had kind of a blank slate to create sure. something. And uh-huh. here's what they made. Here's what they made. Um, so we, we have to spoil, like, the ultimate twist, right? We have to because yeah. it's so interesting in terms of the uh, feminist commentary or lack thereof here. Right. So ultimately, Cruella finds out that the Baroness is her real mother. <laughs> And that she gave her up, like, basically told her butler to, like, take the baby and, like, put it outside till it dies. Basically, just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then her, who we thought was her mother, who was, at the beginning of the movie, killed by the Savage Attack Dalmatians, was actually, like, a servant in the Baroness's household who was, like, a kindly woman and took the baby in and pretended the baby was hers and, like, hid her from the Baroness. So, a couple things about this. <laughs> I mean, first you've got the, like, good and bad mother archetypes, like, the most obvious version of that that I can imagine. But I was cackling at that. When they do this reveal, there's a flashback to the butler, because he's the one um, telling them this whole story. Like, when he he went in and the Baroness is, like, wrecking her room and she turns around and is like, I'm pregnant and has this, like, maniacal (laughs) gleam in her eye. I was just dying. (laughs) So good so good but yeah she's just like get it away from me I don't want it and then um when she finds out that Cruella is her kid like now she's interested in her in a different way it's like that narcissistic thing of like oh okay well you actually are talented and interesting and that must be because you're my kid so I don't want to kill you anymore I don't want to destroy you I'm like fascinated by like that you're like me that kind of reflecting back at her her own her own evil genius uh yes and it's it's very like i mean well for one for one thing can we just say how odd it is that no one notices that um there's this girl who works for her named estella and then there's this fashion designer named cruella which happens to rhyme with estella no one seems to notice this well and she is like wearing just like kind of like a mask over her eyes yeah of, like, she's doing the Cruella stuff like you could definitely tell it was it wasn't even like this it was kind of like the Superman Clark Kent thing but like not right. even you can <laughs> yeah. really see her whole face a lot of the time she might just have dramatic eye makeup on um and then when she's Estella she has red hair and when she's Cruella she has her natural black and white hair but like sometimes one is a wig and sometimes I had a lot of questions yeah. about the when she had the re- she'd been dyeing her hair red and then she was like I'm gonna go back to my Cruella hair I'm like that's not how anything works right. like- <laughs> and then it's like it's back and then she's like I'll just put my wig on and it's like was it a wig the yeah. whole time what's happening 
yeah, that's yeah. the least of this movie's issues. But yeah, true, it's, truly. you would think the Baroness, being as intelligent as she seems to be, and would figure this out sooner. She does kind of start to figure it out that Estella and Corella are the same person, but it never occurs to her that um, that's her her real daughter. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> she thought the baby died. She thought her <laughs> butler took care of it. Yes. <laughs> That was cracking me up too because the butler is played by Mark Strong, who, who always I love. plays villains. I love him; he's so hot. Yes. But as soon as he showed up, I was like, "Oh no, he's evil!" But he kind of turns out to be a nice guy. That's like the yeah. ultimate twist if Mark Strong is nice. Yeah, that's true. Mark Strong is like he's so often wasted in movies, though. Yes. Like, why was he just like this butler? Like, I don't know. I don't. Know I hope they paid him a lot. I hope so too. Get paid Mark Strong. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just to really just to like be in scenes with Emma Thompson. I mean, it would it would be worth it. But yeah, yeah it's I would just do like, anything to. He's, <laughs> she's he, incredible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Goddess. But yeah. So the movie like it really it really kind of gets wild at the end when <laughs> she so she learns that, you know, she's actually Emma Thompson's daughter. Uh, and. It, it's like so she, she kind of fakes her own death twice or she is presumed dead yeah. erroneously twice towards the end like it just it gets very that thing where she messy. like jumps off a cliff with a parachute but then like she's up at the she like somehow got up to the top of the cliff and like changed her clothes yes <laughs> in, like two seconds how did she get there so fast i don't know it doesn't make I any don't know. sense so many questions but they do this whole thing where they uh pull a scheme to get everyone who's going to the baroness's next party at her gothic mansion um to wear like an outfit that cruella designed in like a wig that so it looks like there's you know hundreds of cruellas all in this ballroom and that's that part's kind of fun yeah this movie is wild it really is Oh, I wanted to talk to you about, I read this piece on the Mary Sue by Chelsea Steiner, where um, she talks about Cruella as a love letter to the queer community, like that it's um, kind of, for Disney, a pretty queer film. And she, <laughs> there's this quote in here that like made me feel personally attacked. Cruella is for the misanthropic, misunderstood queer kids who develop into hot topic teens who grow up to be graphic designers, artists, and pop culture bloggers. Oh, yeah. Ouch. I, Shots fired. I feel, I feel attacked by that, too. Jesus. I know. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. So this movie, it is very campy. Like, the aesthetic of it is very campy and very queer, I would say. And she has a friend who, I can't remember that character's name, which shows you how not major a character he is, who is very queer-coded. He kind of dresses like David Bowie. Yeah, with the like the eye makeup and the sort of once one eye is done and one eye isn't. And he runs yeah. a, like a fashion, a vintage store. Yes. So we see him a couple times, but again, I can't remember his name, so that's not a great sign. So he's a pretty minor character in, in the grand scheme of things. And then the aesthetic of the movie is kind of queer. But I'm like, we're really stretching to call this a queer movie. It's like we want we want it to be. It has this sort of over the top drag camp kind of vibe, but it's still mm -hmm. Disney and there's still no like even her friend who dresses like David Bowie and is very clearly gay like it's not like we see him in any context aside from like in his shop and talking to her like we don't see him in a relationship we don't see like he's never says that he's gay like we're just assuming that so it's right. kind of like that disney likes to do this where they're like look we have queer representation yeah. like two ladies yeah. kissed at the end of the star wars movie for one second and if you blinked you missed it or like, <laughs> just, like 
we're we care about the gays. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they won't show like if they'd given Estella like a girlfriend or like I mean anything that's more overt than just this this aesthetic kind of it's yeah. very empty queer representation in my opinion. I agree. And then the fact that it turns out that the Baroness is uh Cruella's mother sort of like ruins the the fun that you could possibly have with like saying there is sexual tension between those two and that's part of their you know part of why they are facing off the way they are like that so that ruins that well but i mean there was sexual tension between them let's talk about that (laughs) there totally was yes oh there was yeah they just made it weird yeah they made it weird instead of just letting us enjoy it yeah for sure they made it weird yeah i don't know why they made the choices that they did surrounding like like it's almost like the the frame of the movie with like Cruella's like surrogate mother and the cliff and the dogs and then sort of like at the end with um finding out the truth about who her real mother is like all of that is kind of a weak point of the movie and the stuff in the middle is the interesting stuff yeah their fashion rivalry didn't need all of that backstory to support it like it could have just no. been a professional rivalry yeah like i don't know why they packaged it like that like they put they put it inside the weaker part, mm-hmm. which that's not that's not really a very good choice because it, it really kind of like muddles your feeling about it. You know, you can you can enjoy the middle of the movie in a very like casual way without thinking about all of that other stuff. But then mm-hmm. you sort of get to the end and you're like, oh, right, this movie is nonsense. Well, it's they want us to have sympathy with this character who is we know as this villain so they're like how much tragedy can we you know like she only she lived with a single mother and she got kicked out of school and then her mother was murdered by some (laughs) ferocious dalmatians and she was all alone and she had to like make her way in the world and then she has this job where they're forcing her to scrub floors and they won't listen to her and like it's just on and on and on that they think they have to pile all this stuff in to make us sympathize with her in any way I mean, that's the Disney formula, right? Like the parents are yeah. dead and they have hard childhoods and everything. But I just kept thinking, like, there's no way we would ever get this. But I want the version of this movie that's hard R, like birds of prey. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Absolutely. And then like Emma and Emma make out a little. Like that's yeah. the movie that I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like for some reason, probably because it's Disney-fied, like they, they have to make her this character that you sympathize with not just a character that's interesting like yeah it's it's you have to like like her and feel sorry for her to understand they can't just tell a story with someone who's you know a little bit wicked like that's the -hmm. disney thing it's just not possible it's because of her trauma (laughs) yeah exactly her specific dalmatian induced (laughs) trauma yes (laughs) (laughs) oh god but what do we think about this this whole trend to like reform villains in general? I'm like, I, it's kind of tiresome. Although I yeah. do, people keep talking about how they should make an Ursula the Sea Witch movie, and I am interested in that. I can't lie. I, I would yeah, watch that. I would, I would watch that too. I would just hope that they wouldn't do the same thing they always do, but they probably would. I would still watch it. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I like the idea of giving of giving the villains like their own stories i don't like the giving the villains like here's why they're like this in like a mm-hmm. in like a overly explaining here's why they're so evil like 
let let them be evil without trying to make you feel sympathy for them yeah it's just not necessary just make them interesting like they can just be bad they don't have to be like oh well this person's bad but we understand why now it's like Mm -hmm. we don't need to understand why or if we do understand why it can be for a reason that's not like i was an orphan because of the mean dalmatians like it can be (laughs) other things that happen in their lives or like choices that they made that aren't just like she was a poor orphan and had no choice but to become evil and it's just tiresome. I don't know. Yeah. But I would be interested is. in an Ursula movie. I do think it would probably be like she was in love with King Triton and then he left her for like a thinner, prettier <laughs> like mermaid. And yeah. So she hated him and all his daughters. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's like probably exactly what it would be. I, want, I know. I just I want wrote to... that. Disney, please send me a check. <laughs> like I want I want to watch the origin story of ursula where she's like always been fat and mean and yeah like that's the story that i want i know i'm like some people are just fat and mean right and not because of trauma just right it's fun <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah i don't know i don't know why like i mean we know why they're doing this like you take a beloved story you extract a character make a movie people will pay to see it and it worked. I paid the $30 on Disney Plus, even though we have a fucking subscription. I don't even know why they're yeah. like that. So it's like, <clears throat> is it all just a cash grab? Probably. Um, of course. <laughs> but it's like, you can have it be a cash grab and still uh, still write a movie that like holds up to a little bit more intellectual rigor <laughs> than, yeah. than this. Plus this one, it wasn't really a kid's movie. It was like PG-13, right? And I don't think it would have been appropriate or interesting for, although maybe 101 Dalmatians really isn't either now that I've revisited it. As I said, it's very fucked up, but it's definitely like a children's film. And this was not... So I don't know who it's for except us hot topic queers. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, like, I mean, kids aren't going to find, like, 1970s West End fashion design interesting. No, or even all the music. I was just thinking, like, a kid, would they even know a lot of these songs? Or would it have... Because it has this nostalgia factor for people Mm -hmm. our age and a little older. And I don't really totally know who this movie is for. I did enjoy it for the most part, especially the stuff with Emma Thompson. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad I saw it. But the whole time, I was just like, why is this? Why is it happening? Why do all this? Just for the cash grab, just for the merchandising. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, some very weird, like, breadcrumbs that they sprinkle from the original movie, like, Estella's childhood friend at boarding school or whatever uh, is Anita Darling, which is ultimately the name of the wife in 101 Dalmatians. And then the character, her husband, who writes the song, Roger, uh, he's, like, the Baroness's lawyer and yeah she fires him and then he writes it's like why are they dropping these little like no one i don't know why they did that like why they dropped these little like oh look at us so clever we remembered the names of the characters well then there's that mid-credit scene where cruella sends them the puppies (laughs) yes gifts as gifts Um, so yeah (laughs) because to make them meet i guess uh, like it's I don't like I, yeah I'm very confused by all of that to be honest Some like godlike precognition there on yeah. part. <laughs> right so it's, <laughs> it is not clear like in is this is this version of the movie like an alternate history of Cruella or is this like a prequel I don't know I don't know well in the original Anita does say that she and Cruella were school friends so that's canon they didn't mm, make that up that's canon but, okay 
Yeah. Why did I think she was like Anita's aunt? No, mm. she's her school friend, even though she looks like a solid 45 yes. and Anita looks like 25. <laughs> yes. Oh that's God. her hard living. That's all her uh, smoking and yeah. killing puppies. Right. Made her look like that. <laughs> her evil turned her into a hag. Yes. Um, yeah, all of that, the little breadcrumb things were kind of, and Anita's like a reporter, so she's covering all the fashion events and yeah, I don't know. It was fun. It was, they're just trying to play it safe all the time so they can sell more dolls. Right. Yeah. It's disappointing on that level, but um, I would watch at least five sequels about the Baroness and all oh, of her yeah. fashion adventures. Like, For how sure. did she become this powerful fashion designer? She must have crushed many other bitches under her heels yes. for Estella. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. For then sure. we'll get, oh God, then we're going to get like a prequel about the Baroness and like why she wasn't actually yeah. evil. <laughs> yes. It's just like a never ending cycle. Ugh. She was an orphan and her husband was cruel to her and she gave up her baby, but then she regretted it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> her Dalmatians were her only comfort. <laughs> yes. Her savage Dalmatians were her only <laughs> friends, her only children. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I think that we need to, we need to have movies where like evil characters can just be evil and fun they don't need to be relatable that's why i liked birds of prey so much yeah because harley quinn is like fucked up like yeah she, and she's not she is sympathetic though but not because she's like this poor person who actually wasn't evil at all like she is pretty evil yeah but she's fun and she's interesting and exactly. she just like does outrageous things and it's a blast to watch yes. um the only thing they really do to make us feel sympathy for her is like that the joker dumped her or whatever but Mm -hmm. like other than that it's like she's just causing mayhem and it's so much fun to watch we don't have to think she's a nice person really right yeah she's just like allowed to be kind of a brat and it's really fun and Mm -hmm. that sort of energy should have been in this cruella movie that would have been amazing yes and i think that like in some way one of the writers aspired to that somehow through some of the middle but like they didn't quite get there I think it was Aileen Brosh McKenna because she was one of the writers on this and she, um, I think it was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm. she used to write for and um, I think she wrote the screenplay for The Devil Wears Prada as well. Oh, interesting. So I want to like give her credit for all the good decisions yeah. and the men I blame for everything else. I <laughs> yeah. don't know their names and I won't learn them. <laughs> no, we will not. We will not. We will not look that up. It's not worth it. But yeah, that that bad frame story definitely smacks of a man's judgment. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, if Disney wants to write a, a prequel about fat, mean Ursula the Sea Witch, call us. We have ideas. We do. Yes. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.